Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Transformation Church Online. Uh, we're in a series called Unshakable Believer, and we've been looking at uh, just what, it, what the foundations of an unshakable life are. And I think right now we need some things to be strong and a foundation in our life that can't be shaken with everything going on. We had an amazing Easter last week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we've got an amazing week this week. We start connect groups, online connect groups uh, today for six weeks called Unshakable Believer. So you'll want to jump online on our website and find out the information about getting involved in that. We're going to be in Acts 16 today, Acts chapter 16, uh, verse 22 through 30. It's a, story, uh, it's a story about Paul and Silas. Uh, many of you know the story. And uh, they had been um, taken prisoner at this point and beaten. And then, and then thrown in prison. Um, here's, the, here's where the story picks up in verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, some, some translations say beat them um, intensely. When they laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The title for today is this. We are all here. Nobody has run. We are all here. Nobody has run away. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for your word. Continue to, uh, Lord, set a foundation in our heart. Jesus, you said that you are our foundation and no other foundation can be laid. We thank you for the unshakable life, Lord, that's founded on you. We look to you today, Jesus, not for principle, not for performance, not, not for rules and regulation. We look to you as a person, as God, as Savior, as Messiah, as our hope, Lord. We put our, our hope and our foundation on you, God. We love you and thank you that you're still working even if we can't see it. We give you glory and honor today in Jesus' name. And everyone set. amen. Amen. We um, sometimes... As uh, a parent of three kids, our kids have told us before that they want to run away. I don't know if you've got kids and if your kids have ever said, I want to run away, kids growing up. I remember as a kid when I wanted to run away. Can you remember when like you had thoughts of running away? I don't know. I remember the first time uh, it was kind of a joke. My sister talked me into thinking that we could run away. And so we packed up all the food that we thought we could survive on. We had a pack of pecans. And, uh, and a little red wagon and some clothes. And we uh, made it about three blocks. My mom followed us in her Toyota Corolla station wagon out of the neighborhood uh, so we didn't get too far. And uh, we made it about three blocks away. Um, that was the first time I think I was in second grade. I don't know. And then, and then a little bit later, I was a little bit older, maybe teenager. And uh, I remember I'm going to run away. Didn't like home. Didn't like mom and dad. We're going to run away. And uh, so one night, 
uh, decided to try to get a bike out of the garage late at night, got my backpack. We're going to get the bikes. I run, uh, get the bike, knock all the bikes over in the garage, wake up the whole house, run around, scared to death, sneak in the basement door and act like I'm asleep in my bed. I never made it very far. My kids sometimes want to run away. Why do we feel that way? Here, here's why. My kids think there's a better family out there, a, a, better, a better home, better rules, no rules, no chores. There's this, there's this perspective that kind of gets poisoned when they see uh, the grass is greener on the other side. And so, and so their perspective gets poisoned about their own family, about their own situation, and they want to run. Whenever our perspective gets poisoned, it causes us to want to run away. We run when our perspective gets poisoned and, and we have to be careful when we find ourselves in situations that seem like a prison. Right now we might be in scenarios that seem confining or like a prison, uh, maybe with a job or maybe with a relationship or maybe you're stuck at home and you feel like you're in prison. We have to not get our perspective poisoned. Paul and Silas don't run from this scenario. They don't run from prison because their perspective doesn't get poisoned. They actually allow praise to, to guard their perspective from being poisoned. And so we've got to allow ourselves to have the right perspective so we don't want to run. What happens is when with God or with church or with relationships or with other people, with our spouses, with our kids, with a confinement situation, we, we've had foundational experiences in life and those foundational experiences can, can actually give us a wrong perspective or poison our perspective. And so now we want to run from those situations. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was growing up an abuse or maybe it was a, a, an absentee father, an absentee mother. Maybe it was a foundational experience where you, you, you got your perspective skewed or your perspective kind of got poisoned. And so now you are scared of entering into those relationships and you run from certain situations because of that experience. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a dog. You're scared of dogs because you got bit by a dog and now your foundational experience is all dogs are bad. I remember for me, I got thrown off a horse. I was about 12 years old, got tossed from a horse, freaked out about horses. And so I, I didn't ride horses for, for, for good until my daughter, uh, she loves horses. And so I decided I've got to figure out how to get over my concern and fear of horses and not run from horses. So I was in California a year ago. I was with my son and they had an opportunity to ride horses. And I'm like, we're going to sign us up. We're going to do it. And uh, wouldn't you know, when they start assigning horses, the horse they assigned to me, his name is Phantom. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I should have been like, no, I, I, I'll take, let me draw again. I'll take a different horse. I don't want the name Phantom for my first ride back. You know what I'm saying? I get on that thing. It can sense my fear. starts trying to throw me off. I'm like, oh, devil. I lock into that thing. I break that horse right there. Broke Phantom right there in Jesus' name. And uh, we rode and had a great time. But, but I had this foundational experience. Some of you have a foundational experience when it comes to godly relationships or, or pastoral relationships or connect groups or, or actually opening up and allowing people into your life. Or maybe, maybe it's, it's a circumstance with church or God and, and, and you have this kind of tendency to run from those things uh, because you've been hurt. God, I believe, wants to heal that. He wants to heal some things. He'll bring some poison kind of out of your perspective. Paul and Silas, they're in prison and praise shapes their perspective. I want to encourage you, allow praise in this situation, in this COVID time, in this, in this moment in history. Allow praise to continue to shape your perspective. I think of this story, it's a big deal. The earthquake hits. We talk about that. We preach about it. The, the, the doors rattle. The doors open. Chains fall off. Supernatural miracle. That's amazing. All that's great. But I think there's a stronger sermon. 
I think there's a greater story at hand. Really, the greater sermon, the more serious sermon is these guys didn't run. The doors open and here's Paul and Silas in relationship. Here's all the prisoners. The doors open and nobody runs. That's the bigger story. Like they're like, we're not running. We're waiting right here to see what God does. And I think sometimes we're wanting to run because we have foundational experiences that have caused fear. I wanna encourage you, God's showing up. God wants to heal some things and we need to stay put and see what God does. Here's two dudes. They're kind of renegades, rogue guys. They've been thrown in prison, beaten, beaten to a pulp, literally half dead, stripped naked. Think about the scenario. Stripped naked, bleeding, um, in prison, barely can walk, battered. And now they're in the inner prison in stocks, hands and feet in stocks can't move it's it's not it can't get any worse this is the worst situation you could find yourself in why are their hands and feet in stocks not for them to escape they're in the inner prison they're guarded by an ex-roman centurion the philippian jailer was probably an ex-centurion he was a bad dude they weren't getting out of there they were in torture mode and they were agonizing in the inner stocks in the inner prison doesn't get any worse. And at midnight, the Bible says that they're praying and singing hymns to God, singing hymns. Do you know how hard it is to sing hymns? Like, I don't know about you, but like I, I, growing up, like trying to, hymn books are just hard to follow along with. Like, what page am I on? <laughs> I can't, I'm singing a hymn and it's like, hey, turn, turn to page 88 for the hymn, Amazing Grace. You're like, Amazing Grace. Swing low. I'm like, what? Swing low. What? I'm singing like three hymns in one. Like, what page are we on? It's hard to sing hymns. These two guys are singing hymns. They're in prison and, and, they're, and they're not letting, not letting the prison get them poisoned and they're worshiping God. Here's what you need to know. Praise prevents our perspective from getting poisoned. And they're in this relationship and they're, 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 they're scared to death. They've been beaten to death and they're praising God and God's fine-tuning some things in their life. They're not running because they know that God is doing something. They know that praise is actually shaping their perspective. It's, listen, it's hard to blame God when you're praising him. I wanna encourage you right now. Some of you might be blaming God or upset or with others. Or Come on, we're all confined in our houses and we're like, why and what? And we're on our last nerve in some of our relationships, right? And, and I just encourage you to praise. It's hard to praise God when we're, it's hard to, hard to blame God when we're praising him. Let's praise God like never before. They're praising God. This earthquake hits. The prisoners are listening as they praise God. Earthquake hits, rattles the prison. Doors open up. Miracle happens. They're in the most dangerous place you could be in the middle of an earthquake, in the inner dungeon where all the walls could cave in on you. They've got this strong relationship. They're worshiping. They're stronger together. Isn't it always better when you're in trouble with a friend? Come on, you're not alone. They're stronger together. And all of a sudden we see this second foundation of an unshakable life. The first foundation we talked about a couple weeks ago was worship. The second foundation of an unshakable life is godly relationships. Godly relationships. I'm gonna give you three thoughts about godly, godly relationships and what they do for you. Number one, godly community gives you strength. It just does. You weren't made to do life alone. Godly community actually gives you a common unity. Community means common unity. You were built for relationships. People say, well, my church is the woods. My church is nature. My church is, is my hikes I go on. My church is fishing. My church is hunting. I just feel close to God in the woods. Let me just say something to you. That's refreshing, but that's not Bible. That's not church. 
Church is us connecting and singing and worshiping and sitting under the word and coming together in the Bible. A big part of a believer's life, a huge important part of our life is meeting together and it's hard to do right now, but there's resources and there's online connect groups and there's online word. You're listening right now. I'm so proud of you for tuning into the word and, and I think that we're, we're stronger when we have godly community. You weren't meant to do life alone. You're meant for community. There's been times in my life where I've been closest to Jesus and still felt alone. There's been times in my life I've been successful and still felt alone. Why? Because I didn't have godly relationships, godly friendships that were pouring into me. I could be successful and I could be close to God and still feel alone. In the Garden of Eden, Adam was close to Jesus and God said, it's not good for Adam to be alone. How could he have been alone when he was with Jesus? He was as close to Jesus as you could ever get and God still called him alone. Some of you still feel alone inside of a crowd. Some of you still feel alone even when you're close to God. It's because you need godly community. I think God wants to shake up the church's isolation and insulation in this season. I think we've been so isolated. I think we've had country club Christianity where we only allow people around us that look like us, smell like us, act like us, that feel like us, and we're safe in that zone. We're insulated and isolated, insulated from the cold and the hot, insulated from anything good or bad. And I think God's trying to shake us up, even as a church, and say, come on, you're not supposed to be isolated. You're meant for people. You're meant for your communities. This isn't country club church. We're meant to get out into the, into the highways, into the city, into the communities and, and value relationships. I think God's showing us the value of relationships right now, godly community. To be in communion with God is to be in community with people. You can't, you can't be in communion with God and not be in community with people. Paul and Silas are in prison. They're stripped naked. They're vulnerable, naked. I always said naked. That's the Southern boy coming out of me. Is that a word? stripped naked. They're bloody. They're beaten. They're battered. They're bruised. They're vulnerable. It's an embarrassing moment. And they're worshiping and praising God together in this moment. I think that we need people in the power of relationships in, in embarrassing prison moments. Here's why many of us run from relationships. We would rather choose bondage over embarrassment. A lot of times we pick bondage over embarrassment. We don't want to be honest. We don't want to be real with our prison, with being beaten and bloodied and battered and left naked. We, we don't want to tell anybody how we feel internally. And we're in these situations and we don't have anybody with us to praise with us in the middle of those prisons. I want to tell you and encourage you, don't choose bondage over embarrassment. Embarrassment lasts for a moment. Bondage lasts for a lifetime. And if you, would, if you would be honest and get some godly community, you need some people that are willing to praise with you in the middle of your prisons, even when it's an embarrassing moment and everyone else has abandoned you. Here's Paul and Silas praising together, worshiping together. And it's not if we face an embarrassing moment. It's not if we face a prison. It's when we face a bloody prison moment because life has a tendency to leave us beaten up, bloody and battered and hurting, trying to find our way. And you and I need people in our life. I wrote it this way. There are going to be prisons in our life that we only get out of through the power of strong relationships. There are certain prisons that I'll never get out of without a brother encouraging me or a family or my wife or a relationship or some leaders. There's situations in prisons that you're going to find yourself in that you have to have godly relationships. Who gives you strength? Who's strengthening you right now? You can't do it on your own. Life's too heavy to carry by yourself. Come on, you ever tried to carry a mattress on your own? I have. You ever tried to carry a recliner upstairs on your own? I have. Stupid, it's called stupidity. 
You look, you look stupid carrying a big old mattress. It's all flopping over your head. You're trying to push the thing up the stairs. Light, you can't carry. What are you, what are you carrying on your own right now that requires community? And I, and I think that a lot of us could answer that question in different ways. You weren't meant to carry life on your own. Come on. The number one way God strengthens us is godly community. Second thing godly community does. Godly community magnifies your worship. I love this. Paul and Silas, they're in there worshiping together. Can you imagine if it was just Paul by himself singing? One dude, like, who'd been beaten out of his brains. All the other prisoners, you know, it'd be like, be annoying. Like, like Paul's down there singing. All the other prisoners are hearing this crazy dude in the dungeon in the basement singing. They'd be like, hey, dude, shut up down there. Oh, who is that singing? Some crazy dude. He's been beaten up, man. They brought him here. He's out of his mind down there singing. But no, so, so one dude, it's crazy. Two dudes now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now it's inspiring. Now there's a little harmony. Now there's a little duet getting involved. Come on, a little duo getting involved. A little duet changes the whole scenario. Changes everything. Like no, no longer is it some crazy dude singing. Now it's two dudes that are inspiring and now their worship is being magnified. An earthquake hits, shakes everything. The walls come down. The verse 26 says, suddenly there's a great earthquake. Worship is magnified and suddenlies begin to happen. Can I tell you that there's suddenlies in your life through godly community? God invades suddenly in your marriage, in your finances, in your ministry, in your momentum, in your mindset. When you, when you have community in your life, God wants to invade some of your life through godly community. He wants to bring a suddenly in your life, a suddenly maybe in your perspective. What kind of suddenly do you need in your life right now? I believe that God does it through community. They're singing together, worshiping together. And this, this suddenly begins to happen. Man, I just want to encourage you. All the other prisoners are listening to this worship. I remember the first time I came in, I was a prisoner in my soul. I came into a church and I saw godly worship. It was being magnified. The music stopped. You could hear the voices singing. You know, those goosebumps hit, chills hit. There's this worship in the room, this magnification of God's glory. I didn't want to run from that. I was in all types of sin and, and prison in my life. I didn't want to run from that. I wanted to run to that. It magnified something in my soul and I wanted that freedom. Godly community attracts those that are in prison. All those prisoners were attracted to it. They were listening in on it. They didn't run when the walls and the doors opened. The jailer who was questioning life and suicidal, he was wondering about this miracle, was about to kill himself, didn't do it because this magnification of worship, I think godly community magnifies worship. I wanna encourage you, get inside of community because your worship is powerful on its own, but it's magnified when it's with others and with godly community. You were meant for godly community. And the third thing that godly community does, this is important, it gives you godly perspective. Godly community gives us God's perspective. Paul and Silas, man, they're kidnapped, hostage scenario beaten, stripped, left bruised, and they're, they're half naked and bloody and in prison. They're praying, they're singing hymns, earthquake hits, prison walls open, they shake, doors open, chains fall off. I mean, <clears throat> if it was you and I, I think, and they, they don't run, they don't leave. If it was me, we'd be like, come on God, what's up my miracle? You just did a miracle, my miracle, my miracle, we out, come on. We out of prison. You know, you'd be running. You'd be getting out of there as fast as you could. I'd have, I'd have been getting out of there like my prison. Like, won't he do it? Won't he do it? You know what I mean? You're going back to the 90s song. I'm free to run. I'm free to dance. You know what I mean? You'd be out. You're doing the running man. You know what I'm saying? You're out. But that's not what they did. 
They actually leave there. They actually, they, they don't leave. The, the jailer comes, gets saved radically. His whole family gets saved. They, they leave, go to the jailer's house, lead his whole family to the Lord. They get water baptized. They go back to jail the next day. They go back into the prison. Why? Why, why did they not leave? Because they had this perspective that's God's perspective. They understand that the miracle wasn't for them. The miracle was for others. They understand that the earthquake, they figured out the earthquake wasn't to set Paul and Silas free. The earthquake was to set the jailer free and the other prisoners free. It was God's perspective. Some of you are in prisons right now and you're begging God to get out when you should be asking God to get in. I think sometimes we're so focused on getting out of something, we forget to invite God into something. And, and, and here, here's our perspective. What am I free for? Here's God's perspective. Who am I free for? Who are we free for? Godly community begins to take our eyes off ourselves, and we begin to understand the miracle God did for us was so that he could do a miracle through us. He's always doing something for us to do something through us, not just for us to get free out of our own prisons. And that's what community is about. That's what us praying for each other is about. That's what us running back to prison is about to help others. What are you running from that God's asking you to go back to? What have you tried to get out of that God's actually wanted to do a miracle inside of? I think it's important that we ask ourselves this earthquake hits and, and these guys don't run and they actually invite God in it to do miracles. Right now you might feel like you're in a prison, you're in a jail. Maybe it's a confined moment, homeschooling your kids, trying to be teacher, parent, principal, PE teacher. My school's PE teacher asked my kids to take a picture of themselves with a ball and send it in. I was like, is that what it's come to? Is that what PE's come to? Take a photograph of yourself with a slinky and send it into class, you know? <laughs> I mean, maybe you feel imprisoned in a moment right now and you just need the courage to invite God into it. I just want to encourage you. God hadn't left you alone in it. You've got community We've got connect groups. We've got online resources. We're starting online Zoom connect groups today. We got prayer team. We have resources. If you need, if you need food or finances, if you need things, we're here for you. God isn't leaving you alone. And you aren't strong enough to handle it by yourself. I'm not strong enough to handle this by myself. I was on a Zoom call today with 10, 11 of our staff and encouraging each other in the word and crying and laughing and telling about the hard days that we've had and good days that we've had. And I think it's important for us to, to understand that God's inside of whatever prison we feel like we're in right now. I want to close and pray for you on a couple things. I think godly community is a foundation of an unshakable life. And Paul and Silas, they, they say, we're all here. Nobody's run away. They could have run and they didn't. Say, hey, we're all here and no one's run and don't kill yourself to this Philippian jailer. They get a suicidal man saved, water baptized. His entire family gets saved. Listen to this, his entire family gets saved. They go back into prison. They go back to bring the gospel back into that place. The Philippian jailer and his family that get saved found, are part of the foundation family of the first church that is planted in Philippi, which is the first church that was ever born in the ungodly continent of Europe. So, so the entire pagan continent of Europe 
has the gospel spread to it because two men have a miracle done by God in their prison. Don't lose perspective. Continue to praise and don't run from relationship. Godly relationship promoted the gospel to the continent of Europe. Those two men, Paul and Silas, a godly relationship, worshiping together, standing in an embarrassing moment together, believing God together, keeping their perspective right together, not running from the prison, but staying in it with what God wanted to do, believing for miracles for other people, stayed in relationship. And that godly community, just as simple as a a relationship with another believer, spread the gospel to the continent of Europe. Can I tell you that God can do that through you in one relationship? through you in a church relationship, through you in a Zoom connect group. God can change a city. God can change a family. God can change a destiny. God can change your outlook. God can change a marriage. God can change your mentality. God can change some things. I want to encourage you. Don't let your perspective get poisoned. Not today. Come on. God's doing some miracles. God's showing up right now in our prisons. I want to encourage you not to run. Come on. No one, no one's run. We're not running away. Paul says this, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The greatest gift that you can give to God and to yourself and to your children and to your church and to this community is to be all here. Is to be present. What have you What have you distanced yourself from that God's asking you to be present in? No one's run. We're all here. I want to encourage you, just because there's some virus trying to run the earth, we haven't run. We haven't run from our faith. We haven't run from our friends. We haven't run from our relationships. We haven't run from Jesus. We haven't run from the cost that it takes to to get the gospel to the planet. We haven't run. We haven't run from generosity. Thank you for your generosity. We haven't run from from outreach. We haven't run from serving our community. We haven't run. Come on, we're all here. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. Let's give the gift of being all here to our families and to our faith and to our future. Come on, we're all here. I want to pray for you right now. Maybe you've been tempted to, to run from something God's asking you to engage in. Maybe you've been tempted to to have a poisoned perspective because of a foundational experience with, with life or relationship or marriage or, or God or, some, or some, somebody that abused you spiritually or physically or mentally. Maybe you've been tempted to have a poisoned perspective. I wanna pray for healing in your perspective today. I wanna pray for healing in your mindset so that you could actually enter into godly community like never before, because you need it, I need it. We're, we're not strong enough by ourselves. I wanna pray that God would heal your perspective. I wanna pray that you would have the courage not to run. Come on, maybe you've been isolating from your own family, from your own dreams, from your own friends. You've been isolating from your own heart. You've been isolating from yourself. You don't even wanna be around yourself. I get it. Like maybe you've been numbing the pain with something. Come on, we all have different things we numb the pain with. I wanna encourage you. I wanna give you, I wanna pray for you to get strength not to run right now. I want you to run to God. I want you to run to friends. I want you to run to godly community like never before. Today, come on. I want you to go onto our, onto our website and run to godly community. We have Zoom connect groups all over this city every day of the week, throughout the week, at different times it'll be available for you. I want you to run to, 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 our, to our website and email us if you need help. 
You're not alone. Would you pray with me? Would you open up your heart and believe for some some miracles in this moment right now? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much. You, You never ran from us. You ran to us. And God, I ask you right now that if there's any area that we've been asking to get out of, that we could have the strength and courage to change that and actually invite you into. Lord, we invite you into our homes. We invite you into our situations. God, I ask right now that you would heal our mindsets. You would heal any, any poison in our perspective. Lord, any experience we've ever had with church or, or, or godly community or, or maybe, maybe a friendship or a relationship or even maybe marriage, God, or maybe, maybe with our kids or... I don't know, maybe it's a neighbor we've had a, 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 an experience with and now we shy away from neighborly experience, neighborly friendships. God, I pray you would heal those perspectives that we would be praising you and you would actually shape our perspective through praise. God, we just praise you right now, right from our living room. We praise you for the situations we're in. We praise you in this crazy prison that our world's found itself in. We praise you in this situation right now. God, we praise you. You cannot stop praising the living God. God, we praise you right now. And we ask you to just send some, some shaking. Shake the foundations, God, in our homes. Shake, shake the fears that we've had. Shake, the, shake us out of isolation and insulation. Shake us, God. I pray right now, God, for anybody that doesn't have the courage to stay, to stay in that marriage, to stay in that parenting, to stay in that job, to stay in that community, to stay in that church. I pray right now to stay in that word, to stay in that faith, to stay in hope. God, I pray for courage right now. I pray right now God would give you courage to stay in hope, to stay in hope, to stay in faith. God, right now we wouldn't run. We're not running. I pray no one listening to me under the sound of my voice would run, that we're all here and that we give the gift of being all here to those that need us, that find themselves in a prison today. We're not running, God. Keep showing up in our prisons. Lord, we're going to choose vulnerability and honesty today. I pray we get connected today. Give us courage to stay. If you're listening and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I pray for you right now. I I believe that the first and greatest relationship to have a foundation of anything is surrendering to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never trusted in Him as God, as Savior, as Messiah, the one that came to this planet, died for you, your sins, your debt, rose from the dead, gave you godly life. If you've never surrendered to Him, if you've never trusted in Him for salvation to save you from your sins, today's the day. The Bible says if you would give your life to Jesus, trust Him to lead your life and be the Lord of your life, the leader of your life. If you believe that He is God, He rose from the dead, died and rose from the dead, that you shall be saved that God actually puts brand new life into you, eternal life. He removes a heart of stone and puts a a real heart of God inside of you and you get a relationship with heaven, a relationship with God for eternity. That comes through trusting Jesus as God. That doesn't come through trusting religion. That doesn't come through trusting your own strength and your own goodness. That doesn't come through trusting rules and regulations. That comes through simply saying yes to Jesus that's you today and you need to take that step I pray for courage for you to type into our comments right now Jesus if you need a fresh start with God right now if you need a fresh start today maybe you've been away from God and today's your day to come back maybe you need to start in that godly relationship today just type Jesus right now in the comments 
Just type it. We're going to send you a link. We're going to send you a prayer link. We're going to send you a resource right now. Just type Jesus. I'm going to pray for you right now. Come on, just keep typing Jesus. If that's you, it's as simple as saying, I need Jesus. I trust Jesus. That's it. It's all on Jesus. He died on a cross, rose from the dead to give you new life. If you want new life today, just type Jesus. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Come on, pray with me. I open my heart up to you today, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me on that cross. Thank you for removing my sin and my shame and my guilt. I give you my life. I trust you to be my leader the rest of my life. Thank you for a brand new heart and a brand new relationship with God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, give God praise right there in your living rooms. Come on, we have each other. Thank you for saying yes to Jesus like that. If you did, type it in the comments, let us know. We've got godly community happening starting today. This week, six weeks long, we're all gonna be on the same series. It's gonna be connect groups around unshakable believer. Jump into that. I love you. Thank you for your generosity and your courage. Can't wait to be back with you soon. In Jesus' name, the best days are ahead. Come on, God bless you. I love you, Transformation.